I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. The baseball playoffs are underway, Tony, right now. And you know what that means. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Welcome to ESPN2, kids. The deuce, and you know baby. what, Mike? The deuce. It doesn't even make me angry. It, because it's these are the baseball, baseball playoffs. It's October baseball. Yeah. 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 I mean, you have to put that on if you can. You can yeah. watch us 83 You and I got in into this business because of October baseball, baseball heavyweight right. fights, and you horse racing right. me not so much. Yeah, I like horse racing. Yeah. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the baseball playoffs begin, money questions in the Ryder Cup, and Jeff Saturday joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with last night's continuing disaster for the Giants. Seattle went into the Meadowlands and pummeled the Giants 24-3. They had 11 sacks, 10 on Daniel Jones. Seattle's now 3-1, and one, which puts them right behind the 49ers in that division. The Giants are now 1-3, and three, which is a collapse after last year's playoff team. So, Wilbon... Would you rather focus on the Seahawks looking good or the Giants looking bad? Well, the Seahawks, Tony. I mean, the Seahawks, 3-1 and one is not, you know, we're not going to, you know, crown them just yet. But they look pretty impressive. And the 49ers are clearly a better team, but they're in the same division. Maybe they can build something. And they got some more winnable games coming up. And maybe they can go to 6-2 and two or something like that. And then you look at Seattle yeah. for a second straight season you go you know what they, they're giving you what they got I mean Pete Carroll is obviously one hell of a coach because when he has Hall of Fame talent he produces up here and when he has less than that he seems to get them ready so the Giants sort of bore me they're overstated and often overrated I'm presuming you'll take the team on I-95 yeah well I mean I'll, I'll say this I admire what Seattle is doing yeah. I admire the fact that they traded Russell Wilson who was in two Super Bowls for them and they have a reclamation project in Geno Smith, and he becomes comeback player of the year, and they make the playoffs, and he's got five touchdowns this year and one interceptions. But I'll dwell a little bit on the Giants because Giants stink, and so do the Jets. The two teams that are the tenants in the Meadowlands are awful. They're two and six, and Mike, this is an amazing statistic. Neither the Giants nor the Jets have run a single offensive play when they were ahead in a game this year. Not one. Not one. The Giants are like minus 76 or something like that. But if you take away that great second half they had on the comeback against Arizona, they have been outscored 114 to 15. They got two beatdowns to their record already. Yes, two Minus 99, Mike. Daniel Jones will tuck the ball and he'll run, but he doesn't get you in the end zone. They do not get in the end zone. That can't just be Saquon Barkley. It can't be. It can't be. Sorry. Giants. Maybe I would love it to go weeks without having to talk about the Giants. Let's move to the baseball playoffs. The AL wildcard series started this afternoon, and tonight we get the National League matchups featuring the Diamondbacks and Brewers and the Marlins at Phillies. Tell me which teams do you favor in these two best-of-three series? Well, I think you have to favor the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies have a terrific, powerful, everyday lineup. In the last two months of the season, Mike, 
They hit 105 homers, which was the same as Atlanta, which has more homers than anybody. They got five guys who have 20 or more homers, and that's just one below Atlanta. I mean, I know that the Marlins have won that season series seven to six, but if you look at the Marlins, their their run differential is actually minus 57. So all of those fan graph stats or whatever that is says that their record should be 74 and 88, and their record is, instead of that, 84 and 77. Are they lucky? I don't know. They've won 33 games by one run. I don't think that's luck, but I I also think that's reversible, as you're going to see with the Minnesota Vikings from last year to this year, winning all those things by one touchdown. And in the other series, I mean, I like Milwaukee because they won eight more games than the other squad, than Arizona. But the best player in that series is Corbin Carroll. He's the only player ever, Mike, ever. It's an arcane stat, but it's ever to have at least 50 steals, at least 25 home runs, and at least 10 triples. That is a rookie. Come on. That's pretty good. Tony, but the most important person tonight is Corbin Burns in that series. I don't care about the Phillies and Marlins. I don't. The, Philly, the Marlins won a bunch of one-run games. You can do it. It's this year. It's not next year yet. The Cubs lost probably 33 one-run games in there at, at the crib watching. So, But I'm going to go to the Diamondbacks, Tony, who are starting some rookie who has pitched well in the last couple of outings against Milwaukee in Milwaukee and Corbin Burns, yeah. whose record in ERA are not sparkling but is 1.07 whip is fifth in the league, and that is closer to sparkling. That's a huge advantage when you're going to play all the games at home. You're going That's in right. your opener on your home turf with your best pitcher against, or at least your second best pitcher. Your best pitcher is actually injured, not going to play in this series, may not be able to play in the postseason. But you got Corbin Burns out there going against a rookie, win the game, get one up in a best of three. I will just say this, that, that honestly – I'm really waiting for the Dodgers and the Braves in the National League. Yeah, we'll get to uh, it. You know, late in the week. They're the class. Real late. They are the class of the National We move now to golf, where Xander Shoffley's father has been publicly vocal that his son almost lost his spot in the Ryder Cup because of his objection to the fact that Ryder Cup players have no say in the way Ryder Cup money gets distributed. The issue of money came up with Patrick Cantlay as well. Cantlay reportedly felt that players should get paid, though he denied that publicly. This is a complicated issue. Yeah. Wilbon, where are you on Shoffley and the dispute about Ryder Cup money? Tony, my answer is kind of complicated. Um, I understand why Shoffley's dad is involved and vocal about this. He's a dad. It's his son. You know, you and I have sons who played sports. Yours golf at a pretty high level. We, we, yep. we understand the emotion involved here. But, Tony, I, I think my overall response is more this. I'm not going to weep for you at the salaries and the money that is made. I, I get it. You may think you have a beef. They don't say what the amendments were. They didn't, they wouldn't agree to even talk about the amendments. I don't even know what the amendments are or were, Tony. So I'm not going to say they should not get paid. I'm not. I know people can right. say we're playing for country. There's still all kinds of rewards. and maybe under the table. There are endorsements. I'm not going to say they shouldn't get paid. But I'm not going to weep for them either. It's one of those things that is a complex issue, but I just can't bring myself to care to throw myself in front of the car to take either of these positions for either side. Uh, The impetus for Shoffley's father is that he's Shoffley's business manager. I thought the best thing about the Ryder Cup was Cantlay not wearing a hat, right? And and the scuttlebutt, of course, was that that was his protest that the Ryder Cup guys did not get paid. He called it a lie. And he said... He said, yeah, he said the hat didn't fit. You can't tell me that the, the, the manufacturer with the contract for the USA couldn't have 
put 50 hats on a plate that would fit this guy. It's clear that that was a protest. Now, I didn't know, Mike, I, I didn't know that Ryder Cup guys didn't get paid. I didn't know it was just an honorific position. And my first reaction was, well, they ought to get paid because there's no Ryder Cup without the players. We talk about this with college athletes. They ought yeah. to get paid. So yeah. I, I didn't understand that. I but then I, I did a little homework. Yeah. I went to Columbia the other day. And I talked to the guys who work in the bag room and guys who are teaching pros. And they said, all of this money funnels down to from the PGA of America to teaching pros. They don't make millions of dollars like touring pros. They make thousands and not that many thousands. This is what they depend on. So it, I changed my position, though I do think, Mike, to be fair, they ought to at least get a little NIL if they're going to be in the you Well, know, the Tony, there cup. is NIL. Yeah, As we get something. into endorsement now... Look, guys yeah. can get, well, you know, seriously, who doesn't want to attach themselves to say Colin Morikawa? You do. And there's, there's going to be I some benefit down the road. I don't feel badly. I don't, I don't yeah. feel badly for them. Right. But I think in fairness, they ought to get something. I wouldn't argue I do. Phil that. Mickelson was right. Yes. There's all this money. Let's take a break. It. Coming up, at what point should the Bengals consider playing a healthy backup instead of the injured Joe Burrow? And how could the Raiders have slowed Khalil Mack who has six sacks against them, his old team. We're going to ask Jeff Saturday. And you're working in a bathroom. You're giving lessons. You're not making millions of dollars. And if this is the money that comes to you, that's good. Well, they also but see the executives flying in and, you know, G6s, and they well, get a little resentful that's that. That's not good. No. Hundreds of Pardon the interruption is presented by True. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back to Pardon the Interruption. Presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Part of Happy Hour. Let's get back into the NFL with ESPN NFL analyst, six-time Pro Bowl center and the former head coach of the Colts, Jeff, Saturday, let us start with this. If you were part of the Giants' offensive line that just gave up 11 sacks, oh, my God, 11 sacks last night, what would you be doing today with your fellows on the offensive line? 
Yeah, talking about techniques and fundamentals, right, Tony? Like, we, we got to settle this thing down. Not everything in the NFL is about scheme. And, and when you see a guy like Andrew Thomas, you're praying for him to get back as quickly as possible because the one thing you can usually guarantee for those good left tackles is go block the end and then we'll worry about the rest of them. But right now, on that left side, you're getting too much pressure, which opens up the rest of it. But techniques and fundamentals have really kind of gone to the wayside. And I think when you watch them last night, so many things that really moves that shouldn't be kind of finishing moves to get to the quarterback have become that where guys are getting edged and all of a sudden Daniel Jones feels that pressure he kind of panics it, it pushes him to rush his throws or pull the ball down and we saw him try to tuck it and run it for a strap uh, a strip sack um, but you got to go back to those things don't don't make a, a mountain out of a molehill understand if we follow our techniques and fundamentals we'll get this thing back in in, in order and we can protect our QB Jeff, we're going to stay with the offensive line for a second and look at the Bengals who got blown out. And Joe Burrow is, of course, struggling to get the ball downfield. Yeah. He's got that injured calf. From an offensive line perspective, at what point would you rather protect a healthy backup quarterback than even your star if he can't move mm. around and can't be himself? That's a great question. Almost never. Honestly, I'm just being real. You know, look, man, we, you know, he, he's a star for a reason. And, and, you know, you're just hoping that he has enough in that leg or in that calf to make some of those throws that he's made. And I think he brings a level of confidence to guys. Um, I understand that with, with the limitations he has, defenses can play you different because they're not afraid he's going to pull it down and run in the middle, which he has done a number of times in his career. But you're as an offensive lineman, and the cadence that he uses, the protection calls, the checks, all the audibles, all the things that go into making you um, a good offense, when the next guy comes in, that all changes. And so it is a bit uncomfortable. And so when you're looking at a guy like Joe Burrow, you, you take a, an 80% Joe Burrow over any backup. So, but, but if he's, if it is, and this is the true question for me, uh, Mike, is, is, how hurt is he? Like, is he really so hurt that he can't even step off and push the ball down the field? Or is he just playing that way because of the pressure that's getting to him? Because they haven't done a great job either. So it's kind of an if and and for me. But but look, I, I want to block for that guy much more than I would for a backup any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Speaking of pressure, let's talk about Khalil Mack for a second in his six sacks. I know to an hey. offensive lineman, six sacks, you're yeah. offended hearing that. But Jeff, For real. was it a fluke? We know how great Khalil Mack is, but six sacks. I mean, I think the record is seven. What do you do to slow down a guy who is that talented and on a roll? Yeah, no, listen, I, I was surprised. And, and what ends up happening is you, you um, when things start going bad for offensive linemen, you kind of retreat to, to trying to backpedal and stay in front of guys, right? And so no, you lose your aggression of your set. And I, I tell people all the time, and, I, and, and I've said it when I coach guys, coach kids in high school, you know, when, when you get fearful, be more aggressive. Go jump set him. Go attack him and make him beat you right away. Because the problem is, as you shrink back, he sees it, and he feels it, and he gets more encouraged, right? And you see a guy like Khalil Mack who is built like a brick house anyhow, but when you see him getting, getting his pads down below you, getting some push on the quarterback, all he's doing is thriving on you retreating. And so I would tell all those guys, go back to being aggressive. Don't soft set. Don't drop set. Be aggressive at the line of scrimmage. Make sure you're putting your hands on him. Make it a longer way for him to beat you. Even if he has to beat you once or twice, make him beat you all the way back as opposed 
opposed to moving yourself closer to the quarterback and giving him a shorter distance. That's kind of what happened uh, the other night. So we will get you out of here on this. It's the question you anticipated. It's the question that everybody wants to ask. Someone who was a head coach for eight or nine games, you left broadcasting last year to coach the Colts, your old team. What do you know now that you wish you had known then when you took the job? Oh, that's a great question. You know, uh, first of all, I love the experience. Very few people, it's never happened. So, you know, no one has had it. It's an incredible experience. The, the ability to turn around or, or, or make big shifts in the middle of a season, I didn't realize it would be as much as it was, right? And so when you think about, you know, they had had nine, basically nine months from February of that year uh, until, until uh, November, they had put all kinds of things in. So when you go in to make change, you're trying to build relationships with a staff, with players, kind of all on the fly. And as you're playing these games, you basically get three days, right? It's like, Bang, 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 we're playing again. Bang, 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 you're playing again. And so the amount of time to get things changed or to kind of tweak or put your stamp on it, for lack of a better term, um, those are the things, right? And I remember Tom Moore used to say this. He's he's the great offensive coordinator, Hall of Famer, you know, all the way around. He was with the Steelers, with us at the Colts, and now with the Buccaneers. He's like, men, teams are built from March until August. And then what you are is what you are. We're going to make the most we can of it. Uh, that is a true statement, much truer than I ever believed. But I had a great time, made, had some great relationships, not only with coaches that I still talk to and players that I still text with and talk with. Um, good people, man. We, we had an absolute blast. Wish we would have won more games. But again, no regrets from my end. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff this was that is great, man. Thanks very Thank much. You. Thank Just you. Terrific. Good to have you back. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, fellas. Let's take a break. Coming up, could James Harden actually join the Sixers Uh, after all? Why do you want James Harden? Get him off the show. Get him off the show. And an enormous swing in the fortunes of an Australian tennis player. I mean, Harden, he just said he called the president of basketball ops a liar. How are you going to go play for him? What if you had Jeff Saturday's opportunity and they wanted you to coach Northwestern? Would you do it? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pardon the interruption is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Happy time, people. Happy 22nd birthday, C.J. Stroud. Starting quarterback for the Houston Texans was the number two overall draft pick last April. He earned Bryce Young, who went number one to Carolina. At the moment, Stroud, who's 6'3", compared to Young's 5'10", he's winning that race. Stroud has the Texans 2-2. Two 
after Sunday's surprising demolition of Pittsburgh. Stroud had two touchdown passes, 306 yards of passing, and no interceptions. For the season so far, Stroud has six touchdown passes and no picks. He's the first player ever with 1,200-plus yards passing and zero interceptions through his first four games. Stroud may be that rare quarterback to come out of Ohio State and succeed in the NFL. Oh, maybe taking a shot, huh, my man, Justin Fields. You know what? Fields could be that rare quarterback, too, if he gets adequate yep. coaching. God help us yeah. if he gets inventive coaching, because he ain't got either one of those right now, so he's fighting against that, too. Still went 23 for 24 on Sunday. Just keep that in mind. Stroud looks it great. It is remarkable Stroud that great. no Ohio State quarterback has been it, it, good. It's, it's remarkable. 100 years. Happy anniversary, Miguel Cabrera. On this day 11 years ago, the Tiger Slugger became the first player in 45 years since Yaz to win the Triple Crown. Cabrera's lead-leaking numbers, 44 home runs, 139 RBI, batting average of 330, earning him the first of two consecutive MVP awards. Cabrera's last game was Sunday. He was 0 for 3 as a DH, but took the field in the eighth at first base. And on cue, he got a ground ball hit his way, fielded it cleanly for the unassisted putout. His kids and teammates then emerged from the dugout to literally usher him into retirement. Cabrera leaves baseball as one of only three players with 500 home runs, 3,000 hits, and a career batting average above 300. You may have heard of the other two, Willie Mays and Hank Aaron. Tony, now, not only is he maybe the most underrated, underappreciated player of all time because of the franchises he played for. He didn't play in New York, Boston, L.A., didn't do that. But also, Tony, he's so smart and funny. And we, we didn't, people don't know. He wasn't interviewed enough. There wasn't yeah. enough of him to consume. Well, I listened to an interview with him on Major League Baseball Network a couple of years ago, and I was like, my God, where is this guy? Why didn't we pay him more attention? That's our loss, not his. Happy trails to the Shanghai Masters Tournament for Mark Pullman's. The Australian tennis player had match point on his racket when he buried a volley into the net. Out of frustration, he tried to swat the ball off the court, but instead drilled chair umpire Ben Anderson in the face. Holmans was immediately disqualified from the match, and the ATP will decide on any further disciplinary action. Chair umpire treated with an ice pack on his nose and cheek and was reported to be okay when he left the stadium to rest at his hotel. This is reminiscent of Novak Djokovic being tossed out of the U.S. Open in 2020 after smacking a ball out of frustration that hit a lineswoman in the throat. Okay, Djokovic didn't hit that ball nearly as hard as what we saw go into that lineman's face and uh, the chair umpire, and I'm glad it was that person as opposed to, you see the ball boy or girl, I couldn't even tell which one, that was nearby. I don't even want to think about that possibility, but God, people have to control themselves on, on the court at all times, even afterwards. You see, you see that very often, that in frustration, people try to pound the ball, yeah. sometimes into the net and sometimes into the stands, and it's coming off the racket at high speed. Yes, it is. And these linesmen are about 30 feet away. So it's a, it's a dangerous thing you need to consider when you go to pound it. We're running out of show, and we go to the big finish. Let's Your boy it. James Harden is expected to rejoin oh, the Sixers no. as soon as tonight. No. What is that? Let me speak to my man, Daryl Morley. No, no, no. Even if you take back 75 cents on the dollar, no. He needs to go. Phil Nevin won't return as manager of the Angels. Does that make sense to you? Sure it does. They were disastrous this year. This is what happened to Buck Showalter. They were high-profile teams and they were disastrous. John Morant will be allowed to practice and travel with the Grizzlies while suspended. Is that all right with you? No. 
So two-thirds of the things that happen, he can participate with the team? And that, is that a real suspension in the league's mind? Is that really? Joe Namath took back his criticism of Zach Wilson. You surprised? I'm a little surprised. I guess it's Joe being a nice guy, and Zach Wilson had an okay game the other day. Good. I don't know. It's pretty good. You know, Joe's entitled. Remember, it's Joe. This is the highlight, Joe kids. Willie Last Namath. one. NHL preseason hockey tonight. Red Wings and Blackhawks. I'm sure you're watching that. Game. The Red Wings just beat us like 6-1 or 6-2 on Sunday. Yeah. Connor Bedard is why I'm gonna watch. 98. That's a sweater to pay time. attention. And we will try to do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Still in a deuce tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can get really? the podcast on the app or Apple Podcast. James Harden, you got to go. What are you doing to him be? Yeah. Huh? I think we should do ESPN2 